It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the final Matchup Points live stream here at FantasyPoints.com. Not final, like, of all time, but for the <laughs> 2020 season. Greg Cosell is here. Adam Kaplan here. We finished strong at Fantasy Points. That's what we do. Gentlemen, good evening. Um, little football game this weekend. We excited? Yeah. John, this is my first year in about 30 that I'm not in the Super Bowl city. I know, I know. I've been to, like, half of them over the last, like, 15, so... I feel a little, um, feel a little lost as first well. First one in nineteen for me, man. First Super really? Bowl nineteen and first Super Bowl. Yeah, I think uh, I started going regularly, if memory serves me, in nineteen ninety two. And which was that the Giants Super Bowl or no? Was that ninety one? That was, that was Cowboys. Cowboys Bills. Cowboys oh, Bills. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I won uh, a block pool that that Super Bowl, and I I won uh, eighteen uh, sixteen thousand dollars okay yeah but no anyway. first one but given what i i've heard i've heard it's almost a ghost town it is radio row is yeah they only have like 30 some odd stations yeah there. yeah wow that stinks all right well i guess uh we'll start with adam and we'll start with uh the latest in terms of the injuries whitehead winfield a yeah the, the actually the one that's interesting and hopefully it's nothing is cambrate was limited today oh so he's added with a back okay. injury we'll see how he does tomorrow so that obviously with his with the way he's been catching the ball lately and how his roles increased, so we'll have to keep an eye on that one. Uh, so that – that uh, Antonio Brown, barring something unforeseen, like more swelling, he'll play. Uh, and Whitehead is going to have to strap up that shoulder and just – I mean, he, I think he's going to play. I just don't know how limited he's going to be with it. Right. Okay. Greg, um, we'll go to you and we'll get your notes and thoughts, mm-hmm. just general thoughts on this matchup back in Week 12. Wasn't that long ago – no. Um, what stood out to you? Um, obviously, Mahomes and company moved the ball up and down at will. They tried, I guess, to double Kelsey and Tyreek. I guess at times didn't at really times work out. Down. So um, just give us the Cliff Notes version of that first matchup. What really stood out to you on either side or both sides? Well, I think what stood out to me is really on the other side. Uh, the Chiefs were very aggressive with pressure, and they've been a- aggressive with pressure all year long. And the Bucs will have to have answers for pressure because Steve Spagnuolo is not all of a sudden going to play coverage and not and not attack. They had, I think, five snaps of cover zero in that week 12 matchup. They blitzed, I believe, on about uh, 20 of Brady's dropbacks. So they, they they were very, very aggressive. I'll be very anxious to see. And, and it was very interesting to hear Adam talk about Cameron Braid because I think that he could be a very big factor in this game. And my guess is, barring anything unforeseen, he will go. But I think he could be a big factor in this game. And the and the second thought I would have is, we don't talk enough about the corners for the Chiefs. And I think that Evans yeah. and Godwin have to win one-on-one matchups. There will be one-on-one matchups on the outside, and they're going to have to win those. Yeah, and it's not like, as we kind of bop around, bounce around, I mean, look, Traveris Ward and Bashad Breeland have been really good, but Greg, I mean, these are not shut down guys here. I mean, Breeland was a, but they're pretty bit of good. A, I mean, yeah. they're better than people think. Yeah. And, and Sneed's going to be fine. Right. Adam? I was going to ask you. Yeah. 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 He got cleared. Yeah. I was going to ask you about Sneed. I know that they're, I know he's, he's their slot corner now. So he plays yeah. in nickel 
And he's been playing in nickel for well over a month. And obviously he stays in when they go dime and they play dime uh, a lot. So yeah, 35% he, he of regular season. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Wow. Yeah. And I saw in your notes that they blitz out of dime uh, mm. or might in this matchup, which you thought could be problematic here. How's the uh, Tampa O line look to you these days? Um, Stinney, I guess, inside would be probably yeah. the weak link, right? Well, and it's funny you mention that because I think that even though Spags will blitz and there's no question about that, they can also hurt you with a four-man rush because of Chris Jones inside. Yeah. And I think the interior three of the Bucks O-line, let's not call it a weakness, but let's just say they're vulnerable to Chris Jones, who everybody remembers the Super Bowl a year ago. Many thought he should have been the MVP. He was dominant in that game. He's a dominant inside player. And what, what Spags does exceptionally well, even when he only rushes four, is he starts to walk linebackers up into gaps along the line of scrimmage on the ball. So what he does by doing that is he dictates protection and then sets up one-on-ones. He's really good at that. And he will do that to set up Chris Jones one-on-one with a, usually a guard. Now, when you talk about Cam Brait, um, the importance of Brait, is that because you think there's a beatable matchup for the tight ends against Daniel Sorensen at times and man-to-man? Or is it because maybe you think they'd be better off rolling with, even if AB plays a little bit more 12 personnel, keep the two tight ends on the field? and More of the second reason. I think that you want to see how Spags will react to, to 12 personnel in normal down and distance situations. Will he play base or will he play nickel? That's what you want to find out early in the game. And I think, to me, the 12 personnel is, is a big part of that. Now, Gronkowski excuse me, has not been a big factor in the past game since that week 12 game. In that week 12 game, he was six for 106. I I think that's what he was. Um, I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but obviously I've been studying this game, so that rings a bell. Uh, He has not been a big factor in the passing game since that game. Yeah, and a lot of that is because he's a a pretty good blocker and he's been needed to uh, block. Um, He had six for 106 on seven targets there you go so i I remembered it correctly in that game but you know he has run 10 more routes than Brait this postseason but he's managed just uh you know very little production only have the one catch for on the screen in the uh nfc championship game he's got two for 43 on 10 fewer targets than Brait in the play john i wonder on those plays maybe greg could could jog his memory because you know sometimes when they 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 credit these guys with routes it's a delayed route where he goes in, he stays in, and then he, he to block, and then, right. he, then he goes out. That's the thing that I love to know is really how yeah, many. And I'm these- not, and John, I'm being honest with you. I know you have that stat about routes. I, I, I don't, and I'm being honest, I don't know exactly what that means. Yeah. So uh, I guess when they determine that your, your primary objective is not to block on the right, play, they right. call it a route. You know, so those plays that Adam just outlined has got to be a route, I'm, I'm sure, yeah. considered a route. Um, I noticed in your notes, and I actually saw this myself, I'm surprised I haven't heard more people talking about it, but on that touchdown, Greg, to Scotty Miller, Gronk missed a block and Leonard picked it up real nice, huh? Oh, I mean, yeah, I yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. I, I don't think that play Gronk happens in. without yeah. that. No, you're exactly right. That play does not happen. Um, yeah, and we don't need to go back over that play. We did that last week. But, yeah, Gronk missed, missed his block because they kept him in, obviously, for protection, and he, he missed it. And yeah. if it wasn't for Fournette, who actually crossed the formation to pick it up, that play would not have happened. 
And I saw in your notes that you, you weren't impressed with either Fournette or Jones in, in pass pro in week 12. It seems like Fournette has probably, you know, come a little I bit since then. I think they're very good overall. I mean, that's yeah. going to be very interesting. Bruce Arians wants to get five out. And we're going to see because that's another reason I think Spags is going to blitz because mm. he's not going to want him to get five out. And uh, you can't get five out if you're going to blitz versus pressure like that. You talk about five re- potential receivers. All five eligibles out. Yes. All yeah. five out. Yeah. How have you thought the Bucks have run the ball in the, in the postseason? I mean, they, they have been balanced. I've been talking about that. I, I think it's critical in this one, but you know, it doesn't seem like their O-line has been very good um, or maybe it's the running backs. Well, I think balance is a relative term and Adam can jump in here too. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they're not going to try to quote unquote shorten the game. That's not an Arian's philosophy. So that doesn't mean he's never going to hand it off, but this game's not going to be about running the ball the way you're, the way I think you mean, John, you know, yeah, he's going to run the ball. Of course he is. Yeah. But this is not a game where they're not going to have 35 rushes when this game's over. Oh, I, no doubt. But you know, if they come out blitzing and, and Brady get, look, I think back to that game when Brady got hit on the first drop back, first play of the game against new Orleans. I was like, wow. That was a little scary. He's not I, been good against it. Yeah, Greg, that's what I want to ask. Not well, as good this year. Yeah, twenty seventh yeah. versus the Blitz. Anything? Are they? Because well, you've told for you've told us for years. If you want to get Brady, you got to get him up the middle so he can't step in the throws. Well, right. I mean, obviously, up the middle is where you ideally want to get him. But if you can get pressure anywhere, and and th- don't forget, there's a couple of things at play here. Number one, Brady spent all his years in New England in what was mostly a quick rhythm pass game. A lot of choice routes, pivot routes, whip routes, option routes. Ball came out. This is a different pass game. He's in the pocket a little bit longer. And teams know that. Defenses know that. I mean, look, uh, one of Jari Alexander's interceptions in the uh, NFC Championship came with a blitz where there was a free runner at Brady, and he just threw it up to Mike Evans, and Alexander intercepted it. Um, So there's going to be pressure. The question is, how will the Bucks handle it? And, you know, that's one reason why Gronk's probably been blocking more. I think that the backs will have to be a factor in pass protection at some point. And everything I'm saying, nothing is 100%. So I don't want people to think, oh, Gronk's going to stay in on every right, play. Right, you know, Fournette's right. going to stay in on every play. Right. Nothing is 100%. But that's going to have to be a part of this game. Back to the, uh, the running game. Like, if you're looking to attack the biggest or one of the more prevalent weaknesses of this KCD – I would argue you do with the running game. Uh, I don't know if the pass defense, I think that's their strength and they have been, they're not, you know, a brick wall, Greg, against the run. If you're looking to attack Casey's biggest weakness as Tampa's offense, how do you do that? Tight ends and running backs. Yeah, but I think, and again, I'm not saying that Spags goes into a game and says, hey, let's give up a lot of yards running the ball. Right. But I think for the most part, they probably think philosophically that if an opponent wants to run the ball, have at it because number one, you don't score a lot of points usually. Number two, it takes more plays to score and more plays, more chances for uh, mistakes. So again, it's just like the reason, one of the reasons I personally believe Spags is so aggressive since he became the chief DC. uh, This is his second year is because he also knows that if he gives one up, his team's going to score 30 plus. You know, the first two third downs of week 12, he went cover zero. I mean, he's he's got no problem being very, very aggressive with pressure. Adam, when uh, 
we see Antonio Brown likely active. Uh, mm-hmm. What can we expect from him? And then Greg, uh, we'll ask Greg about, you know, that matchup when he's on the rookie Sneed. But, I mean, would you at this point expect AB to be, you know, pretty good, close to 100% or? Yeah, it's it just the only thing they're concerned about is swelling. Mm-hmm. That's been the issue with him is keeping the swelling down. If, if the swelling's down, he's playing. There's no question. Then the, then the other is how much can he play? Can he play a full amount of snaps? And the good thing is today he took all of his normal snaps. That's a great sign. Greg, uh, A.B., the veteran, probably going to make the Hall of Fame, obviously, against a rookie. Is, is that a matchup they may look to exploit? I know you like what you see from Snead, but A.B. is a different animal. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, look, Spags will play man-to-man coverage. They, they, they basically do three things on defense, not exclusively, but three foundational things, and man is one of them. So Snead will be in the slot. I think he's done very, very well. He played snaps on the outside earlier in the season. Now he's their slot corner. Um, I think he's done a really nice job over the last month or more. So, yeah, look, the bottom line is the Bucks are going to have to win some one-on-one matchups, whether it's yeah. Brown, whether it's Evans, whether it's um, uh, Godwin. However yeah. they want to set that up. I mean, uh, Evans in that week 12 game to make it 27 24 beat ward uh, later in the fourth quarter they ended up never getting the ball back but he beat ward on a on a vertical route uh they'll have to win those routes and the chiefs play sides they won't play match sides. up wards the uh, left corner breland's the right corner sneed plays in the slot they don't match up and then back to the tight ends as we really cover tampa bay's offense here kind of in depth um what is it about this defense that makes them a little vulnerable to tight ends. I mean, the numbers bear it out, Greg. I know Sorensen's the guy. He's scrappy as hell. He's not a big man, though. No, and he's th- that's probably the reason when they play man, because when he's not a blitzer, which he is at yeah. times, he's the predominant tight end matchup. Now, he's a good football player, and he yeah. plays almost every snap every week. But there's no question that offenses feel that if he's the man-to-man matchup, which he predominantly is, as I said, that you can exploit that. Overall, Greg, what is your what is your feeling on on Tampa's offense? Um, you know, as it relates to the the spread, by the way, you know, a total of like fifty six. I'm kind of wondering if this underwhelms a little bit, and it's not like a shootout, at least until maybe later in the game. I could but, see it being kind of slow, and then and then second half things open up. But yeah. uh, I'm not sure we hit this total. What's your gut feeling on Tampa's you offense? Know, I had this weird thing last night uh, i was actually uh watching law and order s for you i'm now on season uh, 15 episode 15 i've been grinding through you know so yeah uh, <laughs> i know you guys yeah. wanted to know that that was yeah. important to get you, you out gotta there. watch i've never you, seen that show I've, you gotta I've watch uh th- that's a uh, detective olivia right you gotta uh, watch olivia it. benson olivia Benson. you know yeah. you know you know who olivia benson's uh mother is right of course i do Come on, John. Jane Manfield. Come on, brother. Who do you think you're talking to? I mean, that was that's that's my bad. Yeah, yeah. Come on, come on. Um, Now I can't even. Now I can't even. Oh. Uh, So anyway, while I was watching SVU last night, I had this weird thought. I remember the Super Bowl where the Giants beat the Patriots, and everybody, including myself, everybody picked you know a 34 to 31 game, Mm -hmm. and it ended up being Mm -hmm. I I believe 17 14. Wasn't that this 17 14 game? Yes, it was. That was a Palaxico Burris. Right, right. I was. I remember. I was in in the stands on the side where he caught the touchdown. Nice uh, for for that. It was yeah. Um, And they actually Belichick went zero on that, and it was Ellis Hobbs who played Ah. who played the zero as he should have. 
Yeah. And it was a slant and go. But anyway, I digress. So I was starting to think, gee, what happens if this game is a little weird like that? And it doesn't turn out to be, you know, a high scoring game like most of us, including myself, are predicting. So I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't think it will, but, you know, strange things happen in Super Bowls. Oh, absolutely. Look what I happened mean, last year with the Chiefs. They had 10 yeah. points with seven minutes to go in the fourth quarter. They were tight. I mean, they, you know, yeah. they, they were too conservative, honestly. So, so Adam, I mean, I'm curious if Andy maybe – because, man, I was thinking to myself during that game, man, if they lose, they're going to be really upset that they were conservative. You think in year two here, Andy – Cause he, you know, he kind of has got that decaf thing going now. It's like, you know what? I've already got my Super Bowl. Let's just go for it. Uh, yeah. Well, I love his aggressiveness. You, you know, it's coming now. The, the fourth only... quarter throw by Chad Henney, for example. <laughs> uh, exactly. But, but now, now we need to talk about this. I understand that Mike Remmers has been starting at a right tackle. He's been serviceable. Yeah. But Martinez Rankins, uh, Greg, have you seen this kid play? I remember him coming out of, I believe, Mississippi State. So uh-huh. wait. He's going to start, and isn't Remmers going to play left tackle? Uh, oh, they're going to do yeah. that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That, okay. Yeah. That's that's uh, Remmers is actually Greg been all right as far as I've seen. Yeah. Well, but some might remember that Mike Remmers was the right tackle in the Super Bowl for Carolina when Von Miller was the MVP. Oh boy, that yeah. is true. Yeah, long we all remember ago. that. Yeah, not yeah. that long ago. Um, I was at that one too. That was in Santa Clara, um, but. Uh, I think Remmers is playing left tackle and Rankins is going to go with right tackle. Are they going to do that? That's correct. I believe that's correct. So, I mean, you know, that's, look, is it an issue? Sure it is because all five sacks in the NFC championship game, three by Barrett, two by JPP came out of four man D line rushes. And in that week 12 game, Todd Bowles did not blitz much at all. That was a coverage game. And, you know, everybody just thinks Todd Bowles will blitz, blitz, blitz. Well, I don't know if he's going to blitz, blitz, blitz. Now, Dean did not play in the Week 12 game. He's going to yeah. obviously going to play in the yep. Super Bowl. Yeah. So we'll see. Maybe Bowles is a little more situational and selective with his blitz, but I don't think you're going to just see all-out pressure because Mahomes is, is arguably the best secondary action quarterback in the game right now. True, but a coverage game resulted in them giving up 13 catches. to For 269 to Tyree Kill. Yeah, it seemed like all of them came in the first two minutes. You weighed two hundred some odd yards in the first. Yeah, quarter. yeah. I mean, it was the most absurd first quarter for know, a receiver ever. I've ever seen We've in my never, life. I've been, you know, people keep asking me what Todd Bowles is going to do. I'm not that smart, John. I, I've been trying to figure out all week. I have no idea. I mean, yeah. I think that's a wait and see. I, I don't know what he's going to do. It will not be the same thing he did week twelve. I mean, to me, the game comes down to obviously the two-headed monster here, and we can get into how they'll likely try to double both. But I mean, to me, the probably the key to the game is this old line for KC and their ability to hold up. I know Patty can run here. Uh, is, is, would you agree? I mean, uh, where do you see the key to the game? If Tampa's well, D is going to slow these guys down. I mean, look, we've seen Bill Belichick over the years when he played the Mahomes offense, he doubled Hill the entire game. There was yeah. one game where Hill just had one catch for 42 yards in, on a play in which I believe he was doubled, but he only had one catch. Now that's because he felt very comfortable matching up man to man on Kelsey. I don't know. You know, there could be something extreme here. Maybe he doubles Hill all game and puts Carlton Davis on Kelsey. You know, when you have two weeks to play around and yeah. you bring in your entire scouting staff and you have, you know, 20 more people who are doing research and, and, and game planning, things do change in a two week period. It, so 
I, I don't know, you know, but it, it's going to be something different, maybe not on every play, but certainly in, in critical situations, uh, a third down is one of those. John, I know talking to the Eagles when they play the Patriots in the Super Bowl, they, they have the two weeks that Greg's talking about, and they put mm-hmm. in things. Yeah. Uh, Philly special is another one, obviously, but that's a different, that's a different, that's story, a different but, thing. Yeah. yeah. But they put in some stuff they had not called since very early in the season because they, they wanted to give Belichick. And by the way, they, they might've run it differently than they had earlier in the season. Cause you, you want to give them something. Yes. They've seen everything at some point, but you want to make them think out there. Um, th- you want to take them a little bit out of their, like there might be four or five plays that you haven't run in a while. That's what you do in this, this uh, two week period here, man. It's uh, I, I, I love the tactical game between yeah. Spags and, and Bulls. By the way, two former defense coordinators for the Eagles. Bulls yeah. was the interim. And, I mean, uh, Juan look, the, the Bucks did not play much dime throughout the season. Maybe they play a ton of dime and they double a lot. And they say to the Chiefs, hey, if you want to hand it off, hand it off. Because you know what? It's not likely you're going to get a 60-yard touchdown. 8.8% dime they ran in the, in the regular season. My God. Greg, yeah. what you just outlined right there seems like a pretty good plan of action to me. So, I mean, again, I, I'm just, you know – you guys would probably agree. I, I probably know a decent amount, but I'm not going to sit here and tell you I know what Todd Bowles is going to do. I'm just trying to think of how you could potentially change up and match up, given that the last thing, and this is what I'm about to say now is not profound, so please, but the last thing you want to have happen is 60-yard touchdowns. So now right. you're you're doing everything to prevent that, and then you go from there. You could argue then that it's more more important to double Tyreek and take your chances with Kelsey at times. Yeah, that's why I said you could see situations where Tyreek is doubled. Because when you double, you don't need your best corner as part of the double because you're, you're putting two on him. So maybe, you know, you're, you're doubling him and putting, like I said, Davis, who's a big corner, or Dean, who's a big corner, on Kelsey and thinking, hey, that, that's a man-to-man matchup we feel comfortable with. Yeah, I was going to ask if there's any other, like, exotic, you know, situation slowing down Kelsey. I mean, like getting De- uh, Devin White involved. Well, um, the, the thing is, is the, the Chiefs do something more than any team in the league, and that's line Kelsey up at the boundary X. Yes, yeah, true. And so now you got to deal with that. And one way they dealt yeah. with it in the Week 12 matchup was they played quarters coverage and left a corner man-to-man on Kelsey. So whoever, whichever corner was on the side that Kelsey was the single receiver, they left him. What they played was what we call four lock. It's quarters lock. You're locking the boundary side of the formation man-to-man. They did some of that in the week 12 matchup. Will they do that again? I don't know. I mean, they, they could because their corners are big, you know, Davis and, and Dean are big corners. They could feel very comfortable locking Kelsey with a big corner. Just feels to me that, you know, if this was Belichick, he'd be doubling those guys and taking his chances with secondary types for the no chiefs. So where is there a matchup that, someone might exploit like then you a, got the hardman. hardman then you got the hardman because he's a you know. vertical player so yeah. you've got hardman and again he's capable of the 60 yard touchdowns yeah so you know that that becomes i'm not saying he's the guy you focus your defense around you obviously not not when you have hill and kelsey but hardman is capable he's not he's not a possession receiver he's a big play guy he's not a volume guy but he's a big play guy Greg, do you think uh, back to the O-line that there is a chance that that Tampa like really controls the line of scrimmage with, you know, three starters and really wreak some havoc and, and really become talking about the, their defense? 
Yeah, I mean, you got Vita Vea, you got Sue. Well, that's going to got... be that. That's going to have to happen because not only do you have the JPP and Barrett versus Rankins and Rammers, but you've got Vea and Sue inside, and they're very, very good. Uh, so yeah, that they're going to have. You would think that their approach would be let's start with a four-man pressure, and we can ha- let's see how we handle that, and let's yeah. see how they handle that. But yeah, yeah I, I think. That would be the starting point. How did Vea, how did Vita Vea come back from his injury? How does he look? He looked good to me on TV. Yeah, I thought he looked pretty good. And, and it'll be even better this week. He has very light feet for a big man. I mean, yep. he's not a big plotting, you know, he's not one of those just big guys in the middle. He's got light feet. Adam, I just have this gut feel similar to Greg. Uh, maybe it was a dream, but uh, maybe at some point in this game, We'll get to the point where we'll be like, oh, that's right. Kansas City used the number one pick on Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and he's pretty damn talented. What are the chances that he surprises with a big showing in this game against a I tough mean, run, D? Yeah, I know, no, but when you ask that question, I would. they haven't really done it, but I know, the but, way to do it, you would think, would be in the past game. I know the linebackers could run for the Bucs. Uh, I don't know it would be in this game, but at some point, it, you got to get him involved in the past game because that's where the explosive plays are going to come for the run game. They don't, they're not getting, you know, big plays uh, from, and by the way, Williams should still be the backup, even though Bell's going to play. Darrell Williams has done a good job. Yeah. 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 Greg, uh, I think for Edwards Alaire, it's going to be critical, his pass protection. And I'm yeah, not sure that about too. that. Yeah. I don't know. I, yeah. I feel like Darrell Williams might be a little bit more trustworthy than Edwards Alaire. He could well be. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I mean, Darrell Williams has got three targets a game here to let in the playoffs. I mean, he's getting involved a little bit here. Um, any other thoughts, Greg, on, KC running the ball. I know, you know, they don't, you know, wake up in the morning looking well, at here, the ball. Here's but... my thought on that. Given that they were in the Super Bowl last year, okay, and and Andy is is this is not his first rodeo. And my guess is he has utmost confidence in Mahomes. Mahomes is now a veteran of some big games, including a Super Bowl. I would not be surprised to see the Chiefs come out extremely aggressively and mm-hmm. try to get ahead. Yeah, fourteen nothing, whatever it is, and just put this on Brady because keep this in mind. We know Mm -hmm. Brady's great. That's that's not my point. But Brady is not a second reaction player. Brady's not going anywhere. And if you can get ahead, then that blitz by Spags, he just starts to you know go after him. And and Brady is is, and again, could Brady make plays? Of course he could. He's done that his whole career. But it would not surprise me to see Andy Reid come out really aggressively, even with a few, I don't want to call them trick plays or gimmick plays, but something along those lines to really try to explode early in this game. I don't believe Andy Reid's going to come out and hand the ball off. Yeah, sure. They, they came out and did that funky formation early on last year. Um, that kind of And you're not, John, you're not going to be able to run against the Bucs anyway. I mean, not in any meaningful, I mean, Look, when we say they're not going to run it, as we said about the Bucks, it doesn't mean that the Chiefs will never hand the ball off. Right, right. But, but that's not, not going to be their, their no. overall approach. But they're not going to have any success. It's just, yeah. Theoretically, that's not what, the way they're going to win. Real real close game here. Um, let me mm-hmm. ask you both this question. And I think I know the answer, but which team has the better is the better bet to – Win the game despite not having their best day at the office. That's got to be KC. Which of course. Is yeah. Another yeah, way of saying, Greg and Adam, yeah. maybe Tampa, I don't want to say they need to play a perfect game, but probably nearly flawless to, to emerge with a win here. Um, I mean, pending, uh, capable, capable of big plays. There's no question. They've got a quarterback. 
and they've got receivers. So it's not as if they're not capable, John. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think that the, and again, this is nothing I'm saying here that, that is amazing, but I think Mahomes' ability to make off-script plays is such a big factor because yeah. he, will, he will get out of the pocket and he will make off-script plays. And we know that Brady can't do that. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. That's why, um, you know, I think that Tampa's D has got to have a huge day. It's kind of like the, the Giants' D against Brady. Turnovers. They need some turnovers. Yeah. Well, at the end of the day, guys, I think that's what this – it's going to come down to non-predictive items like uh, turnovers, yeah. pick six, you know, scoop and score kind of a thing. Um, I think we've covered – pretty much every angle here i mean i don't think we've missed anything we've and, talked and, hey, john, john mind, remember just, i'm sorry adam just real quick uh, yeah. keep in mind that hardman had that fumble in the afc championship game right back to and him. then they they were down nine nothing and then, then they have three straight drives in the second quarter and all of a sudden it's 21 it's the onslaught i call it the blink, onslaught it's, you know yeah. it's yeah. like a fast break yeah. you can't yeah. it's like the laker fast break it's like curry hitting five threes no, in about yeah a right that too right yeah. you can't yeah. you felt you're playing great and all of a sudden you're blitzed you're like what the hell just happened to us it was like what did the Chiefs score last year against the Texans? Seven straight touchdowns or something like that? They were down 24 nothing. It was unbelievable. Yeah. Yep. Did, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, to so, your point, though, Greg, they yeah. should come out firing because they have been slow starters. Yeah, I, and I think Andy now, you know, he's experienced. You know, he knows Mahomes. I mean, I, I, I can't see him coming out conservatively at all. Yeah. yeah. One name that we didn't mention, by the way. All, John, John yeah. that won't phase him at all. Oh, I know. One name we didn't really mention much is Sammy Watkins. I have no idea. He's expected to play, but I don't know what he's, yeah, I don't know what he's capable of. I mean, he, he was a, he and was a little bit speak, of a hero last year. We don't know about Robinson as we speak. So yeah. maybe it's a Byron Pringle game. Could be Pringle. Could run, man. Pringle game. Run. I like Pringle. I liked him coming out of K State. By the way, not for nothing, but, you know, KC has nothing at backup tight end. I mean, God forbid Kelsey got hurt. I mean, they got. Yeah. Nick Kaiser, I, I guess Kaiser role. Yeah, Yelder doesn't even wear not... a tight end number. He wears forty eight. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Yes, he is forty eight. I guess Ricky Seals Jones is he active? He's got. He's go, I think he's on the practice squad. Something like that. Uh, yeah, I know. But uh, yeah, I think we kind of covered it all. I know our guy Ben Kukanis on the other side of the glass has uh, got to run here, so we'll wrap it up here. And uh, I'll be doing a player prop article. Uh, Ooh, I look guy, forward to that. Tom Brawley. I'll get to working on that tomorrow, Adam, and uh, we'll have it up tomorrow. I promised my family I'd take them. We're going out to dinner at a restaurant where we're going inside for the first time in 10 Ooh. months. So, Ooh, right. um, uh, yeah, you know, it's more early, power to you. Yeah. Well, I, I, I've not done that. I mean, yeah. We have, uh, that's right. And I will appear on that. Uh, ben, what time is that? We have a, a DFS and a one o'clock and two o'clock for the DFS and betting live streams. I'll be popping in there and at least giving, you know, I actually have been really good picking uh, at least on the radio. I, I've picked, uh, I think I'm like six and two the last two weeks picking spreads and totals and all that. I'm going Tampa, but it's gotta be plus three and a half. Um, Adam, do you want to make a pick by the way, before we sign off? Yeah, I got it. I have it. Uh, the bucks 24, the chiefs 30. Okay. All yeah, right. And by the way, the weather's going to be fine for the game. It's clearing up. They're going to have storms in the afternoon. It's going to clear up beautifully in the evening. Thank you, uh, meteorologist Adam Kaplan. Yeah, well, <laughs> you, people are getting scared with all the damn weather. Like, come on, folks. So you got Casey winning by six? Yes. Okay. Greg, I won't even ask you. I know you're not a prediction guy, but... Uh... Well, I, I did have to predict, so... All right, well, let's hear it. 
because I had to predict for ESPN. So I, I went uh, 34-27 Chiefs. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Right. Yeah, that's fair. I picked um, this game uh, in the before the playoffs started. I picked Tampa and KC to make it here. And I actually did pick KC, but I'm still going to go back to Tampa. But I got to admit, I, it's, I don't feel wonderful about it. I think they have to play the perfect game. Um, but those O-line issues for KC has kind of put it over the top it for me. It's a little bit concerned. There's Building the perfect beast. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be a great game, though. No doubt mm-hmm. about it. Uh, mm-hmm. Adam and I will be on the radio tomorrow breaking it down. Greg will come on here. But, uh, again, Sunday at uh, – what is it? 620. No, no. Sunday um, – yeah, the game. But the live streams, was that 11 and 12? or No, no. It was 1 and 2. 1 and 2. Got it. 1 and 2. All right, Ben. Uh, for Adam Kaplan and Greg Cosell for the last time for the 2020 campaign. Enjoy the Super Bowl. This has been the Fantasy Points matchup live stream at fantasypoints.com. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform. And come join the roster at fantasypoints.com. We'll